0: So like everything I just said is like completely irrelevant if your garments don't.
1: Have- Welcome to Make Good Fashion, the podcast that's all about starting, launching and growing impactful fashion brands. I'm your host, Jasmine Rennie. Before I start today's episode, I have a very special announcement. So listen up. And that announcement is that the Make Good Fashion shop is now live. So what do we have in the Make Good Fashion Shop? Well, I'm glad you asked, friend, because we have all of the things. We're talking a sourcing directory of over 200 fashion industry manufacturers, vendors, and suppliers that you can access in one click. We also have a cost sheet that will help you calculate the true cost of your garments and tell you exactly how much to price them for. We also have budget so that you can keep all your finances in orders and so much more. So make sure to head over to makegoodfashion.com slash shop. I'm also going to include a link in the show notes along with a promo code that you can use to get 15% off of your first purchase. You guys, these templates are essential and things that every fashion business should have. So make sure to head over to the Make Good Fashion shop so that you can tap in and get yours today. Hey, friends, welcome back to the Make Good Fashion podcast. So, today's episode's really special because I get to interview one of my really good friends of 20 years, Dom Gomez. Now, it feels weird to even say that I've known someone for 20 years, but it's true. Me and Dom attended middle school together and somehow are past the line, and we both found ourselves working in the fashion industry. Dom is now a product developer at Citizens of Humanity, and he knows a thing or two about what it takes to make a great product. So I wanted to have Dom on the podcast to talk a little bit about the product development process and all the ingredients that go into making a winning product. So without further ado, here's my interview with my friend, Dom Gomez. Oh, wow, wow. Look who we have here. If anybody knew how hard it was to get you on my podcast, they just wouldn't believe all the things that I had to do. Thanks for being on the podcast, Dom. Thanks for finally getting it together and joining us. That's a warm welcome thank you for having me i love it here (laughs) okay dom so why don't you start by telling me a little bit about your background and how you ended up in the fashion industry and who inspired you to be in the fashion industry
0: so i ended up in fashion probably i would say through a little bit throughout high school, junior high, I think I've always been kind of like attracted to apparel, to clothing in general. Yeah. Uh, I I grew up- Okay, hold
1: on. I have to stop you right there. A little bit of a backstory for those of you who are listening. Me and Dom met in middle school in seventh grade. We are now an undisclosed age that I will not speak, but we are into our (laughs) thirties. But it's funny because I remember you- because of your fashion as well in middle school. Yeah. I remember you always had like the freshest shoes, like the New K Swiss, like I bought K Swiss because oh, you had K Swiss. I don't know if I ever told you that, but no. like I no. bought them cuz you had them and I thought they looked so cool in middle school. And so, yeah. yeah, I just had to like cut in right there to just give people a little a little background.
0: You're going to of- you're going to date both you and I both by with the K Swiss. Swiss. Like, yeah, yeah, K Swiss. <laughs> like like a lot of people don't know about the K Swiss. I know Swiss. these like, kids don't yeah. know
1: anything about K yeah. Swiss.
0: That you definitely dated us with that. So fast forward through that era uh, of high school, I I somehow bring myself to end up in Japan. How I got to Japan is like a story in its own. But I bring myself to to end up in Japan, living in Japan just outside of of Tokyo. And so I I realized while I'm there, like I've come across and I used to go into Shibuya and into Harajuku and into these various places around Japan, like on a weekly, like a couple of times a night during the weekdays running around the streets and kind of like very attracted to like the culture mm-hmm. of Tokyo, the culture of people and like the art of like these subgroups in Tokyo, which I, I I don't I wouldn't say they're like like almost like these clicks of personalities and 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 when it, it kind of sounds like more so these clicks of expression, like these these groups of expressions of people like who just like express themselves like mostly through apparel. And the most obvious one is what's the word? Like in exactly. Harajuku. Oh. Yeah, like like it's like a lot of cosplay. right I know like, what you're talking. I forget about forget I can't
1: think of the word either.
0: So so I'm I'm forgetting the word, but like that's the most obvious one when people think of like of like expression through a pair like through clothing. But that's it's very cosplay. It's very like much the like the Harajuku
1: pop- girls.
0: Yeah, know. yeah, and it it's very much like popularized, like like increase in popularity, like over the last so ever, however many years, right? Since I lived there, but like what I was drawn to was like more so what brought me back to like childhood and these were like these kids and like adults even that like there was like adults that like still dressed how I dressed when I used to skate like in eighth grade but like mm-hmm. as adults and they were like super cool and then there were like adults that had like crazy shoes on and like cool cool denim and then there was like groups of, of like people who were like Dressed like as if, and they were like a hip hop video, and yeah. like, but this was like their everyday life. Like this was how they dressed every single day. Like they weren't dressing this way for anything. Like this is how they lived their life. Like you would walk into a shop, and like you would see one, like the person in the shop, like if he were like, you know, and I'll use like he could be listening to like Dr. Dre or something. Because like one thing about Japan, and one thing that I love, you know, being from mm-hmm. California, is like they a lot of people in Japan like super love california and like lifestyle like surf like style like hip-hop and they're just very connected to california which i thought was always cool so anyway while living there i kind of like fell in love with all of these different like all of these different like groups of people and how they like express themselves and not necessarily through like times of like what was cool at the moment like that they just kind of like lived that way so i kind of like fell in love with that so along the time that i'm living there I somehow got connected with you again. Me? I don't. I, yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can't say, I can't say how we got connected, but somehow we got connected and somehow you were in Japan. And I remember you telling me and correct me if I'm wrong. And this is how, like, when I think about, like, like a turning moment for me, I remember you telling me like, oh yeah, like, you know, like we, come here for work or like you know like like i, I would come here like my co-workers or in or japanese yeah like, so at the time was i very...
1: was working at a company that was a japanese-based company and right. i don't know if you remember but we had an office out in japan so i was like yeah. meeting with so, some of my coworkers that were based in japan office and stuff like that
0: right and so i i when i when i think about that time and when i tell this this because i feel like i I've mentioned this before because it's like, it's like a turning point for me. But when I tell this, I'm I'm like, yeah, like the only thing that can cross my mind is like, what do you do or what do you have to do? And this is like kind of more, it says more about like you. And then it says a little bit about me and how much I like love being in Japan. But I was like, what do you have to do that you can come just like work out here? And like, like, how do I do it? And
1: mm.
0: how do I get, like, how do I get to just come out here and be here and and kind of like experience this and enjoy this for work because that's what it seemed like it may not have been like your case right I could be glamorizing it a little more than what it really was right but like at the time I was like naive to it and I didn't know anything about fashion it was more so like how do I do that how do I come out here and be here for work because I love it here I love the people and I love the culture and I love lifestyle so yeah that was like that was like I guess that was my big moment of when I was like oh okay like Whatever it is, I'm gonna figure out how to do it.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that story. Okay, so yeah. can you tell me a little bit about your the company that you work for and your role there as a product developer?
0: So I work for Citizens of Humanity. I've been there a couple years, like going on like four four years plus or minus a couple months, so just under five years actually. And um, for the
1: people who don't know, what does Citizen? of humanity produce
0: oh so so citizens of humanity has been around for since early 2000 and primarily is a denim company so premium premium denim brand sorry and within citizens, citizens of humanity there's a couple brands under the citizens umbrella that operate so there's uh a goldie there's gold Time, there's citizens of humanity and then there's citizens of humanity men so there's a couple brands under the the umbrella of Citizen. They're all completely separate brands, which is really cool. And I work on our A. Goldie and Goldsign.
1: Nice. Okay, so yeah. what is your day-to-day as a product developer for a company like this look like? Like, walk me through, like, what that looks like. What are you exactly doing?
0: You can see I'm like teasing ear to ear. Why do you, it's Um, because
1: you love your job so much or are you just like traumatized that the work that you have to go back and do?
0: It's all all trauma. (laughs) Uh, No, no, honestly, it's, it's, I, I like instantly cheat because like you said, day to day. And And it's
1: different every single day.
0: So my first, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like there's no, there's, and that's, that is like, not something that everyone kind of thrives for or like kind of like yearns towards but it's something that I love coming from someone who like did do something at a certain point in their life at, like every day and it was really consistent and it was yeah. kind of like the same thing Dane yeah it was very mundane and like to to do development and and I can't say development is the same way everywhere right like but in my day-to-day with the people that I get to work alongside it's so fun I always say that like it's like one of the funnest things ever because it's not the same and it's like anything else where it's like you know there's there's, there's 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 a lot of trial and error and problem solving and like and and learning as you go in the sense of like trying to push the limit and like do new things on a daily basis not new things but like trying to improve you know things how we do things and, and how we're developing product and how we're making things and improve the product, you know, even in the smallest the smallest way and even starting at the improving the product, like not in product form and like in fabric form, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it no days the same, but a lot of what I do is touching product on a daily basis.
1: Yeah. So for those that are not super familiar with the role of a product developer how how would you describe the process and like their role within a fashion brand so we know a lot of people know fashion designers that's like the primary thing that we think of but like how does a product developer like fit into that scenario and like yeah like what if you could summarize the role and the responsibilities like what does that look like
0: so i would say in in short you're you work alongside your design team and you take you take conceptualized ideas and ideas and you turn them into product and it could be products from from apparel there's there's home developers there's like there's there's actual product developers that develop like hard goods and like things like that and it's basically working alongside someone who's conceptualizing an idea and a product and and you kind of taking and providing all the ingredients to kind of like bring it to life yeah and and bring it to life and and pass it on to either a person or a division or someone else who can take it and and scale it with as little as error as possible. So so when I when I say like so between development, between design development, and I don't know if you've touched on this yet, or if you will at some point, you have what is called production. And and the bridge, you know, typically what happens or like the in the interim in the in the timeline of process. You know, your design team will design, your developers will develop, and your production team will then produce on whichever scale your business is, what you designed and produced and, and sold. So to be able to take a conceptualized idea and develop it and bring it to life with all the raw materials, what, what I like to call all the ingredients, right? Like mm-hmm. all the all, all of the, the
1: pieces that and it, what does it, it that look of, like? What could that be for, like, you do denim, so what yeah. are those raw materials? So it, I think denim is, like,
0: probably the, what we... denim's probably one of the more complicated ones, I would mm-hmm. say, because it, there's so many more pieces involved in in bringing it to a production stage, and it's it's also, like, why, like, to me, I feel, like, denim is so special, it's so important, because, like, so many people touch... It truly, truly, truly touch it like one one gene before it's like brought to a store and like available for purchase. But it looks like basically you start with a sketch, right? A design team from design team. They have, you know, you have a fabric in mind. You have a denim in mind that you want to use from denim from from that stage. You know, it goes through a pattern maker, a pattern maker from a pattern maker. It goes to a cutter. Or someone, or a machine, or someone who's going to operate a machine to cut this sample garment, and so you can put it on a sewing machine. From there, it goes to a sewer. From this sewer, and what we call is raw denim, and it's kind of like this is something that's very popular in Japan. It's it's a finished jean, but denim, as you know, I mean, as you don't know, I don't know if you if you do or not. Like one of the one of the cool things about denim is like it it ages over time, right? Mm-hmm. Like 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 vintage denim. Is yeah. that way because because it's, you know, it's lived a lot of life is what I like is what I say. You know, someone had to wear it to like bring it to that point and like it has a lot of it has a lot of stories to tell. So Denim and Stores, brand new, needs to get to that 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 wide stage, what I would call it. Like the like to, to living a lot of life, right? So to get to that stage to, you know, and that's usually when people like, like, everyone likes different stages of denim, but like vintage denim, it's usually washed down. It looks a little worn, either damage, et cetera. So to get to that stage, I have to go through a laundry process. And sometimes it's automated, sometimes it's not, but that's another set of hands that it goes through. And then finally coming back through a finishing process. And all of, I, I say all of that to say, basically, that entire process from that sketch all the way through to that finishing process all comes back through a developer's hand. So like every single, every single one of those pieces a developer is involved in, and that's pretty much like a daily basis. So when you take that, and that's why I say denim's a little more complicated to use as an example. It's more steps, it, right? Yeah. There's a lot more steps in the process and which, when you have more steps, you have more room for error. When you have, you know, there's a lot more things that can go wrong in those yeah. in all of those steps. So it takes a lot of hands to kind of like bring it to life and, yeah. and do it and do it efficiently and, and still kind of create beautiful products.
1: Yeah. So as in your role as a product developer and having your hands involved through this process, are you sourcing the materials? Are you working with the uh, production team? Like what does that look like?
0: Yeah, I I honestly I work with everyone. So I source materials alongside my design team. I work with my production team on a daily basis. I work with my development team on a daily basis, like on across the entire company. I work with tech team, our technical design team on a daily basis. I'm like this with our pattern team on a daily basis. Yeah. So I think, and, and, not to say no one is more important than the other, but like I'm with our sample sewers on a daily basis, and, and I'm fortunate enough to have like all of these people in one building, which is like very rare, especially in today. And I mean, I'm sure you can talk towards that, but like in today, it's very rare to have all of these, like all of these, yeah, people in one space. So, but I'm fortunate enough to kind of be in a position where everyone is in one space, and so I'm very much a, like walk around and like go see from one side so i literally work with every single department on a daily basis
1: yeah that's um, super special because you can yeah. you know see th- the whole process through and right. you know if you have any questions or you need to get anything right. fixed or changed you can do that instantly which is so yeah awesome because a lot of people yeah. you know are developing and doing stuff overseas which can right. elongate the process and so having Definitely. that easy access and connection is probably so helpful
0: yeah and the communication is just like like Part of also part of like being a developer is being a communicator. Yeah, I bet. Um, so like so like the communication is just like being able to just, just kind of and I, I wouldn't say it, like to being able to like speak all the different languages because everything is like it you kind of work, you know, when you work with a pattern maker or you're working with a sewer, like they, they speak each other's language. Right. But that doesn't mean like the sewer is going to speak or, you know, your production team's language. Because, you know, they're working on one piece and your production team working on however many, you know, you have for an order. So being a developer and being able to to work with all of the departments and communicate across all the departments is, is something that, like, takes a little bit of time to kind of, like, to kind of work through and, and align with all the different departments, I guess I would say.
1: Okay, so you spoke about how you have to keep a lot of communication and, yeah. you know, with basically everyone in this production process in the process of developing the product. I know yeah. that, you know, as a product developer, as you said, you're also working with like vendors to source materials and components of the garment and things like that. Yeah. So I want to ask you for someone who's like starting their own company. First, I want you to touch a little bit on how important it is to build relationships with your vendors and keep, you yeah. know, that communication. Um, let's start there.
0: So I think, so that goes back to like me just kind of like briefly touching on like the communication and speaking the languages. And the reason I say that is because that's not just like, I'm not talking to strangers every day. Like these are people that, you know, it takes time to be able to speak the language and, and translate across the various departments, etc. And I look at that. And, and if I were doing that with vendors and contractors and, and people who have Forty different people doing it with them on a daily basis. I think part of the relationship that you're building with these people is a relationship of like you know because it's still business, right? Like fashion is a business at the end of the day, and they have a business. But part of the relationship is like building a trust with these people and allowing them to kind of like you know they have to trust you and you have to trust them. And there's a lot of like transactional things that happen between, and it's the same thing and and where I would work with various departments, right? But there's a lot of like transactional things right. that have to happen. And there's a lot of depending on you to come through with certain, with certain things and the same way you depend on them. And I always consider that like just the relationship. And it, it's, it's it's important to be able to trust that, you know, you're, you'll come with your portion and they'll deliver with theirs. But it's definitely one of the most important things. And I, I again, I immediately associate it with like trust. Like you wouldn't work with someone you don't trust. You wouldn't work with a vendor who you feels like gonna steal your product, right? Yeah. Or someone who's gonna like, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't give product to someone who you do not think is gonna like pay you for it. Like a lot of a lot of like payment and things in fashion is not like it's not always immediate. And so like you you know a part of a relationship is like trusting that you know everyone's gonna do business accordingly and and do it properly and kind of respectfully, I guess.
1: Okay. Also, staying along the lines of like, you know, new designers who are venturing out, starting these new businesses, I think it can be so hard to like find the right vendors and like find suppliers to work with. Do you have any tips on how to go about doing that? How to find the right partners to source from, materials, and all of that for people in the fashion industry? I feel like, I don't know if you feel like this, but I think as a business owner myself, like, When I first stepped into the fashion industry, it just felt like, and it still feels like this, it's just, you kind of grow and you learn, but just felt like a lot of things were gatekept and it was very hard to like find what you needed.
0: I definitely felt that when I first came into the the industry, like even when I was in school, like it feels like it's very much like, you know, if you have a contact, like nobody really wants to share it. Yeah. For whatever reason for whatever reason, right? Like, I never, even to this day, I still really, I still really don't understand. I think part of, I think that one of my most important, like, some advice that it was given to me is, like, and it goes back to, like, kind of relationships and trust, is, like, like, good good partners and good people that you want to start working with are, like, usually, and this is also, like, not even just, like, working with contractors and vendors and things like that, and, like, working with very people or, like, whether it be fabrics or trims or whatever it is. uh, But, like, it's just in general, like, when you network with people and people, like, can come back and say, like, yo, Jasmine's, like, a very solid person, like, she's good people. Like, that goes a long way. Um, And so I think that, like, early on, I feel like a lot of what, like, was being gatekept was, like, the – like, lack of, like, not having that network and not having people to, like, kind of vouch for you and kind of say, like, yo, no, like, you good people or, you know, yeah. you good person, like, you know, and they could be people that never worked with you but just know that, like, you're an honest person and, like, like it's just something that, you know, or, and you take what you do serious, right? Like, it can be something as simple as that. Like, you cannot really have anything to sit on, but I think just being a good person, like, people can kind of feel that and, like, just being a serious person. Absolutely. Like, people can kind of like serious about what you want to do and like what it is that you're like going after i think people can kind of like feel that through like just networking with you and like running into you like i one of my first internships i got standing in line at a bathroom Like <laughs> wow at, at a coffee shop so like That's crazy and, you know and it just came from like it was just like genu- it was like pretty genuine conversation and that internship then opened up a couple more doors and you know it was he was like the business over he was the owner of like and the parallel line, and he was like, "Hey, he was like, you know." And we just had a great conversation, and it opened up a couple of doors. And it, it didn't come from me being like, "Hey, like, I want to, you know, I'm in the industry, I want to do this." Like, it was just us two having a conversation, and both waiting in line to use the restroom. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think it, it's like those again. Those are things that you kind of like can just like fill fill people out, and like just people are, just be genuine and be a good person. And I think like, like of course. Just being a good person is not going to get you your yeah. connections you need, right? <laughs> but I think that's that's a that's a place to
1: start. Yeah, I love that you touch on being a good person, which nobody is a perfect person, but just kindness, right? right. right? Yes. Just just leading with kindness. I think a lot of times I see new designers come out, and there's a sense of entitlement sometimes where it's just like you know, they kind of expect things to be done a certain way for them or like, you know, expect people to serve them in a certain way. But I think coming into it with humility and kindness and like, you know, if you don't know a lot, like just being honest about that. And I think you'd be surprised to find that a lot more people are willing to help you because you move in humility. And also touching on what you said about just networking and things like that. I remember when I started out, I just had the roughest time finding a good production manager and it was just so stressful. I... <laughs> I'm i such a baby and I would just like cry all the time because my production manager would like yell at me because I didn't know what I was doing. And just by like making friends with other designers in the industry, right? Because yeah. like yeah. sometimes I think designers feel like it's, it's like a competitive thing. It's like, no, everyone has their own little niche. Everyone's doing their own thing. And I think if you find the right friends and the right people – They can Mm -hmm. help you too. Yeah. And so I remember, you know, I had two friends who were also designers and they had found a production person that was super solid and connected me with him. And that person, like, ended up being not only a production manager for my company, but also a great mentor to me and someone who was very patient with me. And, Introduced me to a lot of different vendors, a lot of different yeah. people within the industry that could help me grow my brand. And honestly, my business would not be where it is today if I had not met him. And if I had not, you know, gone, you have to go through a, a couple bad frogs right. to like for get sure. to the good ones. So I also for think sure. it's important, like for new designers and, you know, new business owners that are starting up in the fashion industry, don't get discouraged if you are, you know, just starting out, and it feels like people are just like not treating you the best, and you're not getting right. you know the best results. I think you have to just keep trying and trying, and keep connecting and networking and meeting the right people, so you can get connected right. with those vendors and partners that are going to be like lifelong um, connection. So yeah,
0: yeah, and I also think that like I 100% agree with you in the terms of like you kind of got to go through that, and I, I I'll use like my internships, like going through various internships, like I. To like kind of figure out like, yeah, like this, is, this isn't the, you know, this one's not good. and I'm not really feeling this one. I, this one, I, I like, you know, what I was doing there, but like, you know, I want to move forward and like, you kind of like navigate your way through it's the same thing. Like you kind of like navigate your way through whether it's like your, your, your intro into like, as a new designer, your intro into the industry. I think, I think part of what could kind of like, fault people and kind of like halt, halt their 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 like catapult to like be successful and like not and network and just be a good person is, is like you said like feeling that entitlement yeah um, and that and that comes to me that that comes with like today's like today's platform of like fashion and where fashion is like shown like right like like fashion is all over social yeah and you can and like things go viral and sell out so fast and being able to see like that it's the success kind of like you know brings that entitlement which I don't I don't I don't agree with it but like you know it's part of it's the fashion world we live in today and I think that that like you know new designers see that and if you are able to be successful like I think this kind of like still if, if it comes back to just being a good person because successful or not like you can be successful and still be a terrible person though. Yeah. Like, like, there's plenty of people there that are like very, very well off, super successful. They're just not good people. There's nothing wrong with them, and like that's just who they are. But yeah, they're just not good people. So I think being successful, being a good person, and just navigating the climate of like where fashion is at now, I think it's, it's I don't know. I feel like it'll take you further and longer, and, you know, in in the marathon of like just being a successful designer, yeah. or if you're a developer, being a developer with like some longevity. And keeping your legs under you or if you work in production like i think you really have to see like you have to see a long end goal if you work in production because it's like production is like you know it's 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 a constant like trial and error battle and like there's, yeah, there's totally. i mean it's with it's with everything not just production but yeah yeah i just i think it's the, the platform we have today in terms of like where fasting is that that entitlement and definitely can get the best of people
1: Absolutely. But like you said, kindness is something that's timeless. And I think that.
0: But that's a bar.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't steal that from me. (laughs) Yeah. I just find that like you, you, you reap what you sow, right? So you, you put good out, you get good in. And like I said, I think, you know, just from my experience of treating people with respect and kindness and like being patient, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to be patient in this industry. A lot of things can go wrong. And so like if one thing goes wrong, don't like, you know, go off on your vendors or your suppliers or your manufacturing partners. Like things happen. So you have to be really patient people and very merciful with people. But they will be like that with you back. And I think, you know, building those relationships, they're going to have your back, even if you're a new designer. And I think, again, that's been one of the biggest things is like, being new at this and like just feeling like you don't have that support or feeling like you can't figure things out.
0: And a lot of times you really like can't figure it out and like you're a good person and you still can't figure it out. And yeah. like there's no one to help, and there's no one to help you and figure it out. Like and then you just kind of go through the motions of like trial and error. And I think that's also super important. Like you can be yeah. a good, like you could be a good person to go through the trial and error. Like Oh,
1: you're going to go through yeah. the trial and error yeah. regardless, but I think like yeah. you know again being intentional about being good, also making relationships, all of that, right. like, right. because eventually you're gonna make enough connections and relationships where you can ask questions and you can, you know, get referrals and you yeah. can, but the trial and error never stops. So, I mean, I <laughs> just wish every think day, like,
0: like yeah, you, like I, I literally this is, and that's again, like, when you, I think we had asked, like, you know, a day in the life, like, part of the excitement that no, no day is the same is that, like, I am learning things every single day like that I didn't know yesterday like not because like something new crazy happens that puts me in a position to learn something new it's just like like just through conversation of like working through something or like trying to trying to figure something out or working through a new fabrication or like trying to trying to blend things that like it's again nothing new under the sun but like it's new for me Mm -hmm. so so, and that's where, I, that's where I'm like, like I'm not, you know, we're not in, inventing, reinventing, you know, we're not making a new car. We're not doing something crazy, but, you know, we're, we're making apparel, make fashion.
1: Yeah. We're, we're
0: in the fashion industry, but like, it's new for me. And the one thing that I like tell everyone that I work with and that I'm like firm believer on, and this is why I learned things, is like, there's no one way to do thing like do anything in this yeah. industry. And I'm like, I'm like super, I, I like super preach that every day. There's efficient ways to do things and there's like ways that are like proven to work and that have track records and that like you know you can like lean back on and like there's formulas that work but there's no one way to get to the end with everything like in this industry and that's how I continuously learn from the people around me and like how uh, I you know we're just kind of like working through ideas and then trial and error so yeah yeah, no, it's interesting. Learn I learned every day. I'm asking questions every day. Uh, I love are, that. Yeah, yeah.
1: I love that because it's such a good takeaway. Like we should be constant learners, like always yeah, learning yeah, every and day. always be curious. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a lesson for me because again, back to like when I started, I think there's this like pridefulness of like wanting to know, like seem like you know what you're doing, you know? Yeah, no. <laughs> and like <laughs> I wanted to know, Seemed like I knew what I was doing so bad. Cause I'm like, yeah, I've been working in the industry. I went to school for this. Yeah, like I yeah, know no. you don't know, like, like no, you yeah. said, you're constantly learning every day. I'm still learning every, every day. day and there's yeah. new things that come up and that's how you grow though. It's by for sure. learning yeah. and like yeah. learning from failures, learning from mistakes, learning yeah. from experience. And so, yeah, Definitely. I think it's so important to always be learning.
0: hundred percent. I would agree. There's no, I like, I think the moment, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. The moment that I stop learning would be the moment that I feel like it's a little mundane. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little predictable and it's a little repetitive. Mm-hmm. And I, and I like kind of enjoy the like aspect of, of like learning something and like keeping, you know, keeping fresh and being, you know, thing on my toes in terms of like, you know, figuring out new ways to do things. Even if it's not learning, then I'm like working through, you know, new ways to do something, you know, and through that way, you know, what's the outcome? What's the difference and how we built a product and how, and how we're going to take it from product to, like, production and how can we improve the process? How can we improve the communication? Like, there's just so many things that you can constantly, you know, and it's not always product-related, and that's part of also, like, part of the excitement. It's, like, it could be, like, whether it's communications-related or whether it's, like, whether it's, like, yeah, like, whether you're working with a pattern team or working with a sewer, again, like all of those things, like just kind of like bridging the gap between and working with all these departments. It doesn't always have to be necessarily directly product related.
1: Yeah. And that's
0: part of that's part of the the fun thing. A lot of times it is, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So swinging it back over to product. Yeah. Tell me the key components to what makes a great product.
0: I, I mean, I think this is my opinion because I don't think there's one answer to this question. Mm-hmm. I'm going to answer it in the way that I feel like it's like very not specified to like one one type of product. Mm-hmm. And I feel like great product for me is product that has longevity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like that's always that's almost what I'm going to say, like something just and that longevity is not reflective of the price. So like, like a a lot of times the price is inclusive of the longevity, but it's not necessarily the higher the price, the longer it's going to last. Right. Like that's not the correlation between it. So like when I say longevity, it doesn't, that doesn't mean that. I'm not thinking about like the price tag or like what the garment costs or what apparel costs or what the product costs. Right. But I think I, that's what I instantly associated with. And second, I, I associated it back towards, the ingredients that, and I, again, I use this word ingredients quite a bit, but like the ingredients that came together to make it. Mm. And those were brought because like, not, you don't just create a product, right? Like if you're baking a cake, like, you know, where were the, like, um, you know, where were the eggs, you know, or are they farm Are the cake tree mm. or like, are they organic? Mm. Like where'd the eggs come from? Yeah. You know, like is the flour. Is it like, like do you use bleach flour or is it like unbleached flour? Like, yeah. you know, like all of these little things that like you put into your cake to make the mix and like yeah. kind of bring it together, like make the end product either, you know, in your eyes, it could be different or in someone else's eyes, it could make the difference in like the taste, right. And like the quality of the product. Absolutely. Uh, it's this, it's the same way with like to me what makes a product great is like all of those little things that go into it the materials um, the trends yeah, the ma- so, exactly yeah. yeah and that's like to me that's what makes it great like you know like the inside of it like mm-hmm. i look at the inside like i love the inside of like things which is like super nerdish of me Check yeah the inside yeah. of their garments like, like it's like i look at the inside and i'm like did you Did like whoever like worked on this you know because like again like when you work in product development you understand like you touch product Mm -hmm. so like and especially when you work in denim a lot of people touch that product before it gets to the store before it gets to someone's you know a consumer thing so like i look at the inside like who like what person i'd like to see like oh like what person like looked at the inside when they were making this like only 2% of people are probably going to look at the inside when they buy it. But like, I want, I'm very curious about the person who opened it up to look at the inside when they made it and like thought about the inside as much as they thought about the outside. So that's like, again, and that's to me, those are the things to me that make a product great. And it's kind of like, just kind of treating everything like from the ingredients to the actual product to the life and how long, how much life that product has after it's been produced I think those are the things that make something amazing for me. Yeah. One,
1: yeah. yeah. the first thing that I that came to mind when I asked the question about what makes a great product, all yeah. I could think about was fit. Can you touch a little bit on fit and like the oh importance gosh. of fit yeah. for a fashion product? Because I think yeah. sometimes people can like skip this step, and I think it's so important, especially when you're working with retailers and you are, you know. Especially in so, the denim world, I know fit is a big thing. So yeah, if you could touch on that.
0: So like everything I just said is like completely irrelevant if you don't have a decent fit, or yeah. you like don't fit, or like you don't have something that. Yeah, if you don't, if your garments don't fit, and this could be t-shirts, jackets, jeans, denim, like active wear, like if it doesn't fit the per the end consumer or it's uncomfortable fit Mm. then it doesn't matter if you made it and the person who flicked it inside out did every single stitch by hand Like it's all irrelevant because it's not important like at the end of the day apparel not all apparel but most fashion is functional so like to truly be again not all fashion but most fashion (laughs) is functional and to truly be functional it needs to fit and it needs to fit multiple sizes, body shapes, etc. Multiple like men and women and and now we're in a in a like a place where like, you know, there's less there's more gender neutral apparel, which is it's yeah. cool, but like there's still fit to that. There's still a fit to be it's, gender. Like it seems
1: like it would bring a lot of challenges too to hit. Both. Right, right, yeah. right.
0: And there's still like there's still there's still an aspect of like how something should fit on a, a human body, and, and I think it's one of the most important things. And and like to to kind of like talk about it without having to go- talk about it because it's it's one of those things that is like it, it's it's what it's, it's part of your brand DNA, and I think it's always yeah. like it's something that you carry with your brand in every brand. Like you when you buy a pair of Nike leggings, you expect those Nike leggings, you know, to fit how you're favorite pair of fits every time you buy a new color when you buy and it's the same thing for shoes like when you buy a pair of shoes you expect to be a size nine and a half or a 10 if you're a 10 you know especially if you're buying the same shoe or if you're buying from the same brand at least you expect it to be relatively in the same world of sizing so i think like people look at apparel and they kind of like think that that's not the case but you would never walk into a nike store and like and then ask for a size six when you're a size nine and a half because yeah. like you think that's a, your a size six in that and in, in this specific shoe no like you go in there with a, an idea and the consistency that your foot didn't just magically change overnight and you're still nine and a half and you can walk into an adidas store next door and still be a nine and a half so it's something that's like fairly consistent and like uh, shoes or shoes right but across like across like apparel and fashion and, and denim specifically like and you would know like it's, it's it's very much your brand dna you know when as you grow season over season like it's something that you know customers get used to as they buy things from you right. but i think that like to just to go back and, and say everything that i said prior whether it's the ingredients and the end result and the longevity it means absolutely nothing if you have inconsistent product that your cu- your customers or your consumers or whoever is like is 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 supporting your product and purchasing your product and is like is, and is loyal to your product can't have can't come back to you and continue to be a part of your brand and a part of yeah. your DNA.
1: That's uh, season after season, yeah, season yeah. after
0: season because of your inconsistency. And I think that like you just you build that over time. Like that's not something that happens right away. And a lot of brands I feel like kind of get in trouble very early on in that in that space. But yeah, I think I think it's just something that it's never going to happen overnight.
1: Okay, Dom, thank you so much for your perspective. It's been so good talking to you and just hearing more about what you do in product development and just getting your insights on the importance of all these components of a brand. And so thank you so much for being on.
0: Thank you for having me. Thank you for none of this would be like, I don't think either of us would be here if it weren't 85% for you doing what you did. Honestly, and
1: then the other, what's the other percent? The 15. 15? Yeah. (laughs) The other 15% wouldn't have been possible if you never wore your K-Swisses to class. So thank you for your inspiration. Love that. Um, (laughs) So if people want to get their hands on some of your work and buy some like citizens of humanity jeans, where, or a Goldie. Yes. Uh, where can they find you guys?
0: They can find that's a, that's a great question. Citizens of Goldie dot com, And yeah. And through citizens of humanity, you can find us at a number of retailers around the globe in Europe, North America, Canada, all over Canada and yeah, no, all around the world. You can find citizens of humanity, a gold, gold sign. Yeah. Go check it out. It's cool. I I mean, more than the product, the people there are amazing. So I have nothing, nothing ever to like, kind of like, yeah, I have nothing more to say than the product is amazing. The people are amazing and, and, and and you will have that longevity that I talked about through the product, of course, because, you know, a lot of hands touched it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you can feel good about knowing that you're going to buy a product that has an amazing team behind it. That's going to last really long. And you guys make sure to turn the jeans inside out when you get a pair so we can see exactly what Dom is talking about. Please
0: don't. (laughs) Please do not at me if you see something that's a little odd. would be like, why is this
1: Overlock Raw? Okay. Can
0: can you imagine? (laughs) If you guys see the Overlock wrong? please send me your info.
1: (laughs) You can you can send yeah. any complaints directly to Dom. He's yeah. a little mysterious, so we don't know where to find him on the internet. But Dom, thanks so much for being here.
0: I'm out there. Thank you for having me. This was, this was cool. This was very fun.
1: Before we end today's episode, I want to give you a free resource that's going to help you create that winning product that we spoke about today. And that resource is our Fit Checklist. And this is going to help guide you as you do your Fit session so that you can ensure that your product has the best fit. You can get this free guide at makegoodfashion.com slash fit check or check the show notes for the link. I promise you this is going to come in handy, so make sure to get your copy today. Thanks for tuning in to Make Good Fashion. I hope you found this episode helpful and inspiring as you build your fashion business. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast, and if you enjoyed this episode, leave a review. Remember that building an impactful fashion business takes time and effort, but it's so worth it. So keep pushing forward and don't forget to make good fashion.